beautiful soul. Have you ever wanted to speak to angels? Do you believe angels can support you in your daily life? If this is you, go to my website homepage, theangelmedium.com and sign up for my weekly angel message email. As a gift for signing up, I'm giving you access to free resources, including 31 healing meditations that, if you do daily, are going to help you hear your angels and your own intuition more clearly. Start using these today and you'll see changes in 31 days. Now, take a deep breath. Feel the presence of your angels as they fill you with love, joy, peace, bliss, and ease. And remember, your angels say the messages that resonate with you in today's episode are meant just for you. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. And today we're here with Dina, who has this incredible story of resilience, of coming into her spiritual awakening, of angel stories that all started as a child when she was sick and had to be in and out of the hospital uh, very often. So Dina, welcome to the show. Hi, glad to be here. Yay. So we got to meet through the angel membership. You're a member over there. And I remember you were on the discovery call one day and nobody else jumped on. It was just you and I and all of these downloads from your mom, like your mom just started coming through. And then she started talking about your sisters and like just um, I couldn't let you go off the phone because <laughs> you just kept coming through with one thing after another. And you're like, Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. So true. I felt bad because I was like, oh, I'm holding you up. And you're like, no, it keeps coming. It keeps coming. When you when you had that happen and, and she like found this opening within my time and my day and my voice was good that day. And I was just <laughs> like, okay, well, this is this is awesome. This is fun. Like, let's just bring it through. So so we got to talking and I got to hear some of your background story. And I want you to start with that and sharing that with everybody, if you don't mind, because I think it sets the stage for you were in and out of the hospital a lot as a child. Yeah. And 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 so what was that perspective like? So it was, um, so just real quick, um, the backstory is my mother, when she was young and before I was born, she got a measles shot and she didn't know she was pregnant, right? So then she found out she was pregnant and she always told me, Dina, I always knew something was different with my pregnancy with you. I couldn't put words on it. I couldn't figure it out. So long story short, I'm born and I am born with a what they call a congenital hip deformity, which means I literally have no hip socket. So, you know, you have your pelvis and your bowel and socket. I only have one. So literally my femur goes to my pelvis. And so it makes my left leg shorter than my right leg. And so I walk on my toe on my left leg. And my left hand is not developed. I am missing a couple fingers. 
So everything internally seemed to be fine, which was good. But here's the interesting thing. Back then, she said she was pregnant and she's had the baby. And, you know, that was the day when not everybody was there when you were giving birth. And she asked to see me and they wouldn't bring her to me. They were like, she can't handle it. And she said, bring me my baby. And so they finally brought her me. And my mom said, I looked down at you and I uncovered everything. And I said, she's absolutely perfect. And that to me, I think set the stage because that was the mindset of my mom, my dad, my family through my whole life. Didn't mean it wasn't challenging, but because of that, my parents did everything they could to try to correct it. So they took me to the best doctors. They took me everywhere and they tried everything. So I was in the hospital probably every year for 15 years, sometimes a month, two at a time in a full blown body cast um, of sorts. So here's a little picture of me and mom. Wow. Like way back in 1967. Yeah. And that went through until my teen years when my dad finally said, Hey, there's this thing called this, you know, um, artificial hip. We should look at it. So we went to the doctor who invented it. I became one of the youngest people in the U.S. to have a total hip at 12, 13. I think I was. Wow. Which was great. It didn't solve everything, but it should make things more comfortable. Everything was fabulous until about six months later, I started getting fevers and turns out I had an infection, Mm. a staph infection that came up during surgery. And I went almost into shock and back in the hospital. And here's where my parents were always very spiritual. My mother was very into the other side. My aunt as well. We had psychic parties all the time. Like they were very (laughs) much my aunt Gretchen swore she astral traveled. We had them and we would have a ball like we would all get together. Um, So I remember laying in that bed and I was had 106 fever. And my mom and dad and my aunt and my uncle were sitting there. My uncle never visited much. So I knew something was bad. And literally they were like flushing the infection out of me. But I, I was like behind my body. Like yeah. I was behind myself. And I kept saying, why is everyone so sad? And I just remember that so vividly. And the room was kind of glowy. And I'm like, I, I just need to tell them I'm fine. And that's kind of how it started. But all of those years and being in a hospital and on my back for many years in traction or in a cast, I learned to kind of go within early on. Yeah. And I knew the power of that. I had to, you know, there were long nights alone, even though my mom was with me eight in the morning till six at night, every day in the hospital. So um, that's kind of where it started. And then as we grew up, my mom and my aunt very much very much continued this discussion. And we had it all the time with my sisters. I have three sisters. We're all very much in that realm. So I knew, I just didn't know exactly what to do with it. And we've had many stories and angel stories since then. So let's talk about a couple of things. I want to address this. I got my COVID vaccines. I am not anti-vaccination. And at the same time, and I don't want to get political like here on the podcast, because I do honor the fact that vaccines have caused ailments, or I don't know what we want to call it or what what the right term is, in multiple different people. Not all human bodies react the exact same way to vaccines. 
with that said, well, we've gotten all of our vaccines and that's back then. This is 1964 to date myself. So they, they said that's the only thing that's different. Maybe that's it. So that's what she always told me, whether it's the truth. Sure. It could have just been my right. path. <laughs> we don't know. Okay. Okay. So we don't. Uh, so, so just wanted to kind of touch on that piece. Yeah. What I loved about your story, though, is just the resilience in it. I mean, your mom coming in and just saying our child is perfect really did set the tone for your entire childhood. And as I've gotten to know you, like tell everybody you've been able to like accomplish these amazing things. You're a VP of Claire's for a while. Yeah. Um, you're you're still VP of marketing, right? And uh, you're doing these incredible things. I think as we've talked over the the last year, what I've learned from you is you never had within your head, within your egoic mind, this voice stopping you saying, well, you can't do that. Mm -mm. No, it's it's and I think it comes from I mean, my family never treated me differently. You know, I remember, you know, very little instances where my aunt, someone would try to open a piece of candy for me. And she'd be like, no, she can do it herself. Like it was always that. And it didn't matter what I wanted to do. My parents said, go for it. So, okay. I wanted to be a ballerina. So my mom's like, okay, you can. And my dad, they set it up. I had with, I had ballerina lessons in an old church with a ballet teacher. And it was just me but I went at my own speed and that was amazing. I would go every night. I wanted to be a cheerleader. I became a cheerleader, you know, <laughs> um, all of those things. And then growing up, what do I want to do with a very physical disability, but be in fashion and beauty, which can be one of the hardest industries to be in and cutthroat, whether you have a disability or not, it's just tough. Yeah. And I want to go to New York to top it off. So. They dropped me off at 19. I remember my mom crying as she's pulling away, thinking, what am I doing? And I just never let it stop me. And I, I guess because in I always tell my husband, in my mind, I sashay across the room. Yeah. And, and so I don't see it and I just don't think about it. And um, I think, you know, my mother always said to me, Dina, it, it doesn't, you know, people may stop and notice. But once they get to know you, it will go away. Mm -hmm. And if they're curious, explain to them, you know, you're special. She said she always used to tell me this is this is your superpower. Yes, that is awesome. Yeah. And she's like, maybe you were born to stand out. Ah, oh. and I mean, it just gives me chills saying that because I so remember those conversations. And I was like, yeah, maybe you guys got it all wrong. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you learned at a very early age, but maybe couldn't have put the words on it as a child that right. mindset with, was everything. Mindset was everything. And that also the, there was an inner knowing in me. And I don't know. I always, you know, it didn't mean I didn't have tough years. It didn't mean God, those teenage years. Will anyone love me? Will I have a boyfriend? Will I go to the prom? Like anxiety that any teen has, but mine was elevated because 
I'm a lot to take in for a young teen boy. And, you know, it's as my husband says, honey, you come with a lot of instructions. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, So it's, 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 there was angst, but I always just, I was very popular in school. I always had a ton of friends. You know, my sisters did not treat me any differently at all. That's awesome. I mean, they literally almost were like, I fall every now and then. And it became such a thing. It was, oh, she'll get back up. Like, (laughs) I mean, I literally remember once in college, my sister and I were at a frat party with her boyfriend and my husband now. It was one of my first dates with my husband. And we're walking and it's icy. And of course, we were out at the party. So we're walking home and my sister's behind me with her boyfriend. I slip. And she continues talking and steps over me and was no. like, she'll get up. And my <laughs> husband's like, oh my God. And he like, he just, we laugh about that to this day, but my sister's like, so used to me popping back up. It's just crazy. Um, so no one ever treated me differently. I, you know, and I, I, I think people have questions. I've had people chase me in the airport, ma'am, ma'am, you lost a heel. I'm like, What? Because I'm on my toe, you know, and um, I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's incredible. So tell everybody, too, what recommendations do you have about mindset? Right. Because that's one of the things like, do you get down less because you've been focusing on this your entire life? Do you feel like when you practice correcting your mindset? over time, it gets easier and it just becomes a part of who you are. What like tips, tricks do you have there? Yeah, I, I actually, I always recognize when it's happening. Like when I'm having a moment of like, oh God, I, I, maybe I should tell that person, especially with zoom lately. Like I've met so many people who've never seen me below and I'll be like, even now I'm like, oh, maybe I should tell them. And my husband's like, why? Yeah. You know, and so I have those moments, but I just go back to my inner self, knowing who I am and why I'm here. And that this is, 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 this is not happening. This didn't happen to me. It happened for me Mm. because people always say to me, Dina, if you could change it, would you? Absolutely not. And people look at me like, are you crazy? I wouldn't, it's made me who I am today, you know, and it's taught me the lessons I need to learn, which has allowed me to go from a young girl in Pittsburgh to, you know, being a chief marketing officer of a billion dollar organization in an industry that is not necessarily always the nicest. And it's, I have seen, I think I've seen the power of it. I've had my CEOs tell me, Dina, your impact goes way beyond. And I never really realized it until about five years ago when one of my CEOs actually showed me visually what that meant. Three quick announcements. Our new kids podcast begins January 1st. If your child would like to be on the show to ask me a question, share a spiritual encounter, or talk about their gifts, message me on Instagram at Angel Podcast. 
Also, it's not too late to take my new course with brand new content called Find Your Purpose in 30 Days. Find the clarity, direction, and roadmap you've been searching for in my brand new course, Find Your Purpose in 30 Days. Sign up today at theangelmedium.com. Lastly, the winner of this month's free reading with me is in the show notes. Leave a five-star positive review of my podcast or book, and you could be next month's winner. How did they do that? So it was um, my one of my CEOs, and, and she's amazing. And we're like lost kindred spirits, but she she was always told me that. And then on my last day in the office, because we were all kind of moving into new directions. And I had this love of this out, this clothing piece called a caftan. And I know a lot of people don't know what they are, but they're like flowy little outfits, like, like, like a little moo-moo kind of a thing that you just put on, you could wear. And they used to laugh at me because the young kids were like, what is that? I'm like, Google it. You know, it was big in the 1960s. <laughs> they would laugh at me. And on my last day in the office, this became such a joke. I walk in and Julie, we had over a hundred people in my office. Everyone was in a caftan. <laughs> and she said to me, you see your impact goes way beyond where you. Wow. And they weren't just doing it like to, to like, like as a goodbye, it was because they really loved um, what you wore and wanted to emulate you. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they just, it was the sweetest thing. And it's, it was, I'm visual like yeah. you are. And so I having see that in a, you know, all of us got together for this picture, some of us, and I was like, oh, wow. The stupid stuff I talk about can help make people happy. So that's, that helped me visually, but I always go back to that inner knowing what my mom taught me, what my dad taught me. And, and to me, it's like, I would give any young person, it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. It's part of your path. And it doesn't mean adversity isn't about making things difficult. It's about teaching us lessons. And I've learned so much. And I feel like I honestly feel like I know things that people don't know because of my condition. Have you ever heard people go through cancer? They're like, oh my God, I'm changed. Yes. You no, know? it's that kind of thing, but I don't know any different and how I navigate through the world is differently. And I've learned you have to surround yourself with people that truly support and value you and for you. And those people that are posers, let them go. Mm -hmm. let them go. And I learned that early on because that is the support tribe that you need. Yeah. And then the knowing inside that your mindset, it takes just as much energy to be positive as negative. Go for the positive. Think about things that you do do well. And as long as you do one thing, well, you matter in a big way, in a big way. You know, and someone said to me one time when I was young, and I think it was a nurse in the hospital and I was upset about something. And she came in and she said, Dina, don't let anyone ever dim your light. And you know what? I would say that to young kids, because especially if they have got a physical challenge, which is harder, but you know, kids get bullied for freckles and 
glasses and oh, okay, sure. it's, it's rough, you know? Yeah. It's rough. It's rough. The angels are saying to ask you this. Do you find that you're more ADHD? Yeah. L- lately, I just said to my husband probably about two months ago, I'm like, oh my God, I am so ADHD anymore. And it, it's gotten worse. Um, it? <laughs> yeah. I used to be I, like, when I put my mind to something, I can bang it out. But lately, yeah. Well, it's interesting because a lot of people think that the H in ADHD is hyperactivity, like kids are running around touching everything. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times for boys, that might be the case. But for girls, it's actually a mental hyperactivity where the mind goes like a freight train 100 miles an hour and you can't really turn your mind off. And I think that where our minds are different too is my my husband's very neurotypical and he can only see linear, linearly like a train. Like, okay, this is going to happen first and then this is going to happen next and then this is going to happen. But I can see almost like in 3D this big panoramic picture in front of me like a puzzle piece. Like, okay, yeah. this fits into this and this fits into this. And you have to almost have that for Mark marketing, right? To be yeah. able to visualize how everything's going to work because you're probably planning things three years out plus. Yes. And um, we're thinking from a strategic standpoint first. Yeah. And then what are the tactics to make it happen? So you Absolutely. have to have that vision. Yeah. Yeah. What have you come to in terms of your superpower with ADHD as well? You know, I think what I do is I try to, I've, I've learned to breathe and calm my mind. Yeah. So I will literally, cause I think it's a shift in energy, right? It's a shift in energy. And so I will take a moment, like when I feel overwhelmed and I'm like, okay, which do, I've got so much going on, which do I do first? I literally just think in my mind, Dina, start somewhere mm-hmm. and it's getting started. And then I breathe. I just take some deep breaths. I may take a little walk or shift in energy and just shake it off because you have to take that moment. Otherwise you just keep spinning, you know, you just keep spinning. And isn't that the secret sauce? You have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. And it is. Yes. And, and that's, it's a start somewhere because once you put that pen to paper, it usually will flow it's getting started sometimes when you've gotten so many things on your mind. You For know? sure. Well, and a lot of people's question is, well, where do you start? And when you say, well, I'm just going to take the first action step, I'm going to start somewhere. We have to trial and error a whole bunch of things in order to learn for ourselves what's going to work and what's not going to work. And then you learn from that and you keep taking steps and you keep taking action and putting one foot in front of another and you find a way. It's interesting because a lot of times in sessions, what will happen is spirit will say they're not taking the first step. And when they say that, I can see within their energy field that they've been waiting to take that first step for a year, for five years, for 10 years. And that's what I call kind of being off of your life plan. Because if you're not taking that first step, you can't be like velocity wise moving forward, right? Right, You're kind of stagnant. 
Yes. And so what Spirit is saying to kind of pull through as a message in here today is that just taking that first step. Yes. When people take that first step, like you and I, We don't know 110% if it's going to work. We don't know 100%. Maybe we feel like 90% confident, 95% confident, but there's always like a 1% plus of doubt that's in there. I don't know. We're going to try it. If you don't take that first step, you continue to spin. You do. And that's a, that's, then you're kind of suffering. Like it's, it's not a good feeling, you know, and you take that first step and it's like, ah, that wasn't, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. I can do this. And then it, and then it flows a bit, you know, it's really important to do that. And I see so many people talking about what they have to do and you're like, okay, do it, you yeah. know, just yeah. sit down and do it, put your, do it. put your pen to paper, whatever that is. And then it will start to flow and then you'll feel so much better. And it opens your mind up for so many other things that you can do, you know? And if you have that thought of who am I to, you know, you, you have to acknowledge that thought as a thought. We aren't our thoughts. And that is important to know. For sure. There's a lot of women that listen to this podcast, probably predominantly women. And um, I find that there's a lot of motivated, driven women who listen, who are driven to help humanity in all different various sectors. And spirit will always come in and say, being a beautician or doing hair is is being a healer and helping other people find beauty and being in marketing. I believe you could be a healer in marketing or a healer lawyer. You have had this beautiful career where you have risen to the upper echelons of of this career that, you know, to your point before is a very hard industry to break into. Yeah. How, what were like the biggest key lessons that you learned along the way to get to that point? I think it was anytime I got excited about something, I felt it was the right thing and I couldn't stop thinking about it. So going to New York, my dad was like, he was a dentist. So going to fashion school in New York is a first step was like, you need to come back and get your real degree. (laughs) Um, You know, and he came and got me after, and I cried the whole way home, but when my heart in my heart, it expands. Like I know it's the right way. If I feel like a tightening in my chest, then I'm like, I feel like I'm swimming upstream and you have to listen to that because nothing was going to stop me. Like who me going to New York at 19 with a physical disability, with all the walking and all the things that I had to figure out, nothing was stopping me. And so you, if if your heart feels like, oh, I'm excited and it feels right, you need to follow it. You'll figure it out. You will figure it out. And anyone that has an issue with you, you know, it's your pro it's 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 really their issue. It's not my issue. And my mother used to tell me that she's like, people are gonna ask you questions and they don't always mean it. You just have to use it to educate. Tell them what happened, tell them 
that, you know, what's happening. And because I was always like, I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me. Like that was the worst thing for me ever. But I remember I had a couple instances and I will remember something. I was in New York and I was in, I don't know, Lord and Taylor or something. And I was doing something. And this woman came up to me and she walked up to me. She looked me right in the eye and she said, disability, deformity. I have to look at this. <gasps> I was never so affronted in my entire life. What did you do? I, I was taken aback. And then I said, I remember looking at her and saying, yes, you do. So see me. I'm right here. And I don't know what made me say that. And then this other saleswoman heard her and she came up and she said, you just keep persevering. Wow. And I was like, I really had not been affronted, kind of, you know, confronted like that. You know, I had a little bit of teasing, you know, but I think my mother always said, Dina, how you see yourself is how others will see you. And I always listen to that because if I portrayed myself in this light, other people would pick up on that energy. Mm -hmm. So I freaking sashay in a room. I you know, love and it. sometimes I forget about the situation and my husband's like, um, honey, you got to watch that, you know, like pull, you know, pull <laughs> it back a little. Um, and it's, it's a mindset. It is a mindset. And I choose to be in this mindset. And some days it's not the easiest, you know, but I choose to be in the mindset. And that's where I think young kids need to know it is their superpower, adults, kids, or, and even adults who have had something happen to them later in life. Like that's even harder to adjust to, right? Totally. Yeah. You know, but it's part of it. I believe my mother always said to me too, Dina, especially when we were arguing, you chose me. Yeah. You chose me. And she always told me that I chose this and I never really understood that. And I totally get it now. I did chose this. I'm learning something. I am in earth school, learning something in this body and I'm grateful for it. Like there are many things I have perks with, like my nephews laugh. They're like, Aunt Dina can, you know, let's, let's use your, you know, your handicap sticker because like sometimes I, <laughs> it's rockstar parking. I only use it in emergencies um, <laughs> or I can get half price manicures because I really only do one hand. You know, so I figure there's, part. <laughs> I always, I always loved my left hand. Yes. Because there's this little hook. Yeah. And I, it carries like three or four shopping bags. Oh, get out of here. Like, it's perfect. It's like, oh my gosh. So I, there are some perks that come with me and um, I try to look at those types of things as yes. well um, because it does give you a different perception on life. And I feel, you know, my sisters are always saying, you know, how come you're so confident and we're always questioning ourselves. You know, you always had mom in the hospital with you eight hours a day. We were home with dad and Graham and my grandma was always <laughs> dying of something, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of that story, but um, it's, you have to have a mindset that inner knowing, and you have to be comfortable with who you are. Mm -hmm. Don't put on airs for other people. Don't try to be something you're not and when, and surround yourself with people who are true to you that when you have that moment where you need a soft place to fall, 
they're there for you. And I have amazing friends, amazing husband. You know, my husband, when, you know, when he met me, we were at a, we were in a bar in college and, um, you know, so there was probably some drinks involved and, you know, he walks me home and is probably like, did I see like, was that really what was going on? What was going on? It took him three months to ask me what was going on with me. Like, tell me the story. And then he went home to his hometown and he said to two of his friends, older friends, he's like, I think I'm falling in love with this girl. And they're like, that's amazing. And he's like, yeah. And they're like, well, what's wrong? He's like, well, you know, she has this physical disability. And they're like, and, and he's like, well, and they said, look, Brendan, if she doesn't have a problem with it, how, why should you? Yeah. And he was like, yeah. And he was 19. I mean, he's still young. I mean, and here we are (laughs) 30 years later, we're still together, you know? And so it's really surrounding yourself with people that have your best interest at heart and know you for you and love you for you. There's so many people walking around that are perfectly physically beautiful that are not being themselves Mm. because they're afraid. So Mm. you got to work through that fear. You got to acknowledge the fear and be like, that's just fear. That's not what my heart is telling me and go through it. And it's hard. Do you think that, do you think that some people aren't being themselves? Because they're too afraid to go inward and really know themselves. I, I think it doesn't really stem from a place of them not wanting to be truly authentic. I think it stems from a lot of people not knowing how to do the work to go mm-hmm. inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's responding to the external factors like, well, I need to have this house and I need to look this way and I need to have these shoes and I need to do this and I need to do that. And they don't take that quiet moment to say, what do I really, what do I really want? Mm-hmm. And, and, and going inward can be scary. Yeah. And I've, I've known people who literally do not stop. They never want to be home quiet. They don't want to be home alone. They don't want to be, um, they want to always have activity. And I think we're so overscheduled. We don't have that time to just either meditate or sit quietly in nature and just listen to what's coming through. And, you know, I've been, I've been, you know, guilty of that myself, like where I get so busy and I'm like, stop. And I don't know. I feel like COVID, I think as horrible as it was, it made us all stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It made us all stop. I think that's the beauty of the angel membership too. I channeled that through and it's just Um, It's new content every single month and you walk through and you really do this deep dive into yourself to discover who you really are. I think that's the underlying piece of the angel membership. It's self-discovery. It is. And and it's a gift of self-discovery because when I, and I told you this, I said, I, I think my sister found your podcast. And then I literally, it just kept popping up on my phone every day. And I'm like, oh, you know, and then I listened and then it kept popping up. And so I literally said, is this something I'm supposed to do? And I have a bracelet that I've worn from my mom when she died. And I said, mom, am I supposed to do this? And my bracelet, and I hadn't had it off in 21 years, fell off my wrist, (gasps) literally fell off my wrist. Get out of here. 
Nope. I, I have I not that. taken that thing up. And so I was like, okay, I got it. So then that's when I started listening and it, it, it's a gift. I love the women. It's self-discovery. It forces me to go inward. It forces me to be, to take the time. Yeah. Take the time. And then I show up better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. So we've talked about, like you really said three core things that I really want to reiterate for all the listeners. Mindset makes all the difference. All the difference. Surrounding yourself with a safe, uplifting community makes all the difference. Yeah. And trusting your inner inner knowing. And when you're talking about this, spirit was showing it to me in a different way, like um, like a stoplight, red light, green light, yellow light. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, when you're trying to make these decisions in life, like which way do I go to just get started on something? There's often three energies like a stoplight that we can tune into. There's a yes energy, which is flow, alignment. You just feel it. It it just brings joy to your heart chakra. You just feel overwhelmed with excitement. Yeah. There's definitely a no energy, which is what you were talking about before, where you feel this constriction within your body, within your chest, a tightening, a stress. That's a for sure no energy. And then there's this other yellow light, which is a lack of energy where you just don't feel anything either way. I don't feel this energized yes. I don't feel this tight clenching no. I don't feel anything whatsoever. And I think that's the most confusing piece because whenever that happens, spirit says, you don't have all the puzzle pieces. You need patience in those moments where you got a yellow light to just hold back sit tight until all of the puzzle pieces come together. And then you either do feel the yes or the no. Right. You definitely do. You definitely do. And I've, you know, I had an instance pr probably two years ago where I was, a company was coming after me to, for this CMO role. And, and I was operating, I had left my, I, I had exited my other position because um, we had sold the company and so forth. And I felt like I needed to take it. Like, I was like, should I just, maybe I should just, and I will tell you, Julie, I woke up every morning with this heart, like heavy. I had never felt it before. It was so palpable. You know, I even accepted and I couldn't, it would not stop. I couldn't stop. I was like, that is, I knew it was wrong. I knew it was wrong. And then finally, and this was, this had to do is it was a company that what did, um, they did chicken products. And, um, literally one day my friend called me and she said, Dina, friends don't let friends go to chicken farms. They don't want to. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I hear you universe. And I called them. And I said, I just can't, but I knew, and then COVID hit and it, I, it was the right thing, but you have to listen. Like it was such a red yellow light. Yeah. You know, and I'd never felt that it was so palpable and I listened to it. I'm glad I did because the best things opened up even after that. So it always works out, right? You have to listen to your heart. 
Hindsight is such 2020 though, right? Like I have had times in the past where I took a job because what do they say with friends, reason, season, or lifetime, right? You're friends with somebody for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. I think that happens with decisions though too, because I have had times in my life where I knew, okay, I'm supposed to take this job over here. Uh And if I hadn't taken this job over here, it wasn't the best job. In fact, it was one of the worst jobs of my entire (laughs) life. But if I hadn't been there, I wouldn't have met my husband, right? Um, Or I took another job one time. And sometimes you start to question yourself when these things happen. Mm -hmm. Like, well, then why did I feel this way? Sometimes taking a yes putting it into action, going with the yes, leads us to the next yes. It's not a lifetime yes, it's a season yes. Right, and it's for a reason. Yes. You know, and, I, and I, you know, the positions I've taken, if they were short, long, whatever, I always take the positive out of it because there were people in there that I was to meet. And it's so funny, there's some... There's some people from 10 years ago. I just am reaching out to now for things like there's a reason they were in my life and I met them. And so there are sometimes it's okay to be like, oh, I'm here. Oh, I need to go. Maybe it's the time to go. (laughs) You know, you did what you came there to do. Yeah. And it's really amazing when you start to notice those synchronicities of your tribe of people you've met and what they have brought to you and why you met them. And you may not know then but it comes around. Yeah. It really never burn around. a bridge. Never, never. My, my mom and dad always used to say, never burn a bridge. And if you're going to leave, leave well, you know, yes. with, with grace. And, you know, I remember when I was, when we left our, my, one of my companies and we were all kind of leaving and someone's, one of our COOs said to me, he's like, I've never seen anyone leave with such grace in my life. How do you do that? I could yeah, never, how did that. you do that? I was just me. I, I yeah. literally was like, look, it has been the most remarkable five years. I've loved every minute. I've truly learned so much and I've met such amazing people and it's time. And so I wanted to leave positively and I wanted to be of help while I was leaving so that when I go out that door, it's a positive thing. And my letter to the company was, she who leaves the trail of glitter is never forgotten. Oh, that's I, amazing. I, you know, I believe that because you know how glitter, it never leaves. It's everywhere. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's in that carpet for forever after the kids are playing with it. Exactly, exactly. And everyone's like, oh my God, that couldn't have been better. But I said to him, you can, you can leave just as gracefully as I did if you choose. That's amazing. You know? All right. This brings me to one more question. I love this because I could talk to you for forever. I feel like I know, we just always know, have like so the best soulful conversations. This has been coming up a lot for me lately, and we're going to explore it a lot next year in the angel membership. Mm-hmm. Codependency. So I learned codependency early on, and it's very, very hard for me to have tough conversations with people. Mm. You're in a role where you've had to have tough conversations for decades. How do you have tough conversations with people with love and with grace? I start them out just that way. Um, Mm. So many people, especially so many leaders, Julie, I can't tell you, will avoid and pass a problem around. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh my God. Drives me right here. <laughs> oh, not me. I am the let's talk about it. And so I don't love it. I mean, I've had to let people go for whatever reasons. I've had to have tough conversations, but I always start out with, I'm talking with you. This is not the easiest conversation, but I'm doing this because I care about you. And this is coming from a place of caring. Um, And I owe it to you to be honest with you and to tell you what's going on so that, you know, as Maya Angelou say, when you know better, you do better. So I think people have the ability to do better if they choose to. Now, not everyone does, but you owe them that feedback and that conversation. And if you approach it with authenticity, you know, don't get all bossy on them. Just, I am very transparent. What you see here is how I lead. Like, I am the same every day. And anyone that works with me will tell you that I'm I'm pretty much even killed. So you approach it, try not to be uptight. You have to be yourself and you have to be there connecting with them and whatever language they use. And you kind of have to connect with them. And, and I will tell you a story. um, And I always start out, I'm talking to you about this because I care about you, which I think just takes down the worry and the fear a little bit. Um, I was, I had someone that worked for me and he was an amazing designer. Amazing. But he almost, he had such an energy around him that was so negative. It was almost like Linus with the dark cloud and nobody wanted to deal with him. And so I pulled him in my office and I said to him, you know, I'm coming to you from a place of caring because you're so talented, whatever, but I got to tell you this, this is how you're coming across. And I honestly was like 50, 50, you know, it's going to work or it's not. He got tears in his eyes and he said, thank you. No one has ever taken the time to tell me this. And he went home, it was a Friday and I got the most amazing note from him thanking me for being honest with him. He turned around uh, completely within a week. Wow. He was there till uh, he was there after me. And he also said, Dina, you saved my marriage <gasps> because I told my wife what you said. And she said, yeah, she's kind of right. Uh, and so it's, it's a difficult conversation, but they can be so positive. Like, I was, I just saw him blossom after that. You know, I used to have a, a, another executive come to me and be like, Dina, can you talk to my people? Cause they're not doing well. I'm like, they're your team, but you do it so much better. It's you can't avoid it. Just be yourself, come at it with love. And it's not comfortable, but you owe that to people. Like, I feel I owe it to people to be honest, because then they can choose to grow from there and flourish, you know? And some people may say, you know what? I think it is time for me to make a change. And I've gotten letters from people that are like, Dina, you know, you're right. This isn't the right role for me. I'm making a change. And they'll send me a note later and be like, thank you. Thank you. I I didn't have the courage to make a move on my own. Yeah. You helped me. And now I'm an artist or whatever it is. And so it's, it helps people. It may seem ominous, but it really truly is the right thing to do. That's incredible. That's incredible. It's, It's good. I, I, I've, I've learned that they can be really positive, really, Amazing. really positive. Oh, 
Dina, I love talking to you. I feel like I could talk to you for forever. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I feel like you'll be on again in the future one day. And um, yes, I, I just send you so much love and just thank you for your time and blessing us with your presence here today. Well, thank you. I love talking to you as well. And I, hopefully it's helpful. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I think that what you shared today, everybody can take away just beautiful angel messages um, and implement them into their own lives. Wonderful. That's my hope. Beautiful soul. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name's Julie. You know, I'm all about connecting you with messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. If you've been listening today and you're super excited and just have to know which angels are around you right now, who's connecting with you, and what messages they have for you, go to theangelmedium.com. Register for a session. You can do a reading with me or a member of my team. We're all incredible. We all talk to angels daily, and we can help you in making sure that your angels are doing the very best they can to support you and guide you to your best life. If this sounds like you, virtual sessions, they're only offered on my website. Sign up today. And if you're the person who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing all of your unique spiritual gifts, growing your intuition, starting your own healing business, you can sign up for my Angel Reiki School to become a certified angel messenger. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn Reiki, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and how to get clients. That's the Angel Reiki School at theangelmedium.com or DM me on Instagram at Angel Podcast with any questions. Before you go, connect with your angels by placing your hands on your heart. Take a deep breath. Imagine a doorway filled with God's unconditional love is right in front of you. Step into that love and feel it as it fills your body, chakras, and auric field. Now ask your angels, what would you have me know today? And open yourself to the positive, loving messages they have just for you. <laughs> 